500 mark for the Seattle Mariners. Man, there has never been anything more impossible than getting over that mark for more than a week. It's true. It is the hardest thing for the Mariners to do. As they fell to the Twins after winning the first game of the series, there are two more against the Twins and then a big Blue Jays series here to round out this homestand. Joe, where are we at right now? You know, this, I'm going to cater to you really quickly. This is Sisyphus. This is the boulder going up the hill, trying to get over that hump. We've been punished for whatever we did wrong, breaking the drought. Every single time we get to 500, that boulder rolls back down the hill. We got to push it back up the hill again. It's just not working. There's no consistency. There's so many ups and downs, back and forth, lefts and rights, two steps forward, two steps back all in the same time. And just can't put anything together all at once. Game one, we saw a lot of great at-bats, a lot of great approaches to the plate, things going right all at once, you know, stringing hits together, getting to Sonny Gray after he was looking really dominant for the first part of that game, and then you somehow get under his skin and just are able to chase him, which was good. And then, you know, they played the add-on game, which is something that the 2023 Mariners seem to have forgotten how to do, and that helped us secure the game one win. You think, okay, that's two games in a row with dubs. Let's continue that and transition that against Bailey Ober. More like Bailey Ogre, dude, seven feet tall, by the way. Absolutely crazy. And, you know, first inning looked great until you run into outs. And I think that's just, uh, ju just, it, it encapsulates a lot about where we're at, I think, where there's just no consistency. You expect the veterans to have that sense of urgency or that sense of maybe not urgency in that way to know the situation, know where the ball might be or know how fast you might be, Ty France, and just like stand on second base because we're getting, we're seeing the ball well, we're hitting the ball. Maybe let the next guy in line drive you in instead of trying to force that issue. Yeah, and I mean, do you blame any of that on Maniacta? The Ty France, yes, because he was waving him on like there was no tomorrow and Ty got hosed by, I want to say, half the baseline minimum. Teo ran through the stop sign, so that's not Acta's fault, right? And it could have been, you know, this miscommunication situation where he's waving someone on and Teo's looking like, that sign's for me? Got it. And just kept going and then misses the stop sign. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not blaming it fully on Acta. There have been some other situations like that earlier in the year where guys are running through stop signs or Acta's waving them on, whatever, and they get hosed at the plate. I don't know if it's just bad base running or what's going on there, but... There's probably a little bit of blame to put on him, but it's also the players should know their own strengths, I think. Yeah, and Ty France's strength is not moving. Yes. Just in general, yeah. swing, whether it's swinging a bat or running. Although he did have a good game in game two against the Twins. Obviously, he came up just short of a home run. He also had a nice double as well. So I don't know. Let's talk about Ty France a little bit. We, we talked about this on the uh, live stream on Sunday, but let's dig into it a little bit here what what do we think about ty france right now where he's at and like what he what is he offering the seattle mariners at this point well if you guys want to be part of that you know live conversation make sure you're subscribed put on notifications you know get notified when we do go live on sundays after games be part of that live conversation it is a bit more i guess uncut and raw but it's just not enough right now from ty france i feel like you and coming into the season would we have expected him to have an ops below 100 no, it's below, it's 97. Maybe after this game it won't be, but it was 97 when I checked earlier. You're looking at me funny. Why are you looking at me funny? He has an OPS below 100. <sighs> you know what I mean. OPS plus. Oh, 
dude you said that and i'm like i don't even think that's possible you know okay. i thought you knew. I okay. actually didn't i it's was actually super confused. his ops starts with the six and his ops plus is below 100 it might be above after tonight's game but it was at 97 going into the game and he's been a career 120 120 140 120 like dude dude that can just hit the tony gwynn you know coaching shows through with him that he can hit and it's just not happening as much this year. And yeah, we're only halfway through the season, so there's still time for him to get hot. And Ty can be a streaky hitter. He's had, I think he had like, what, a 16 or 17 on base streak earlier in the year. Today could have marked the beginning of a hot streak for Ty, and we don't know it yet. We could be looking back on this conversation in a week and a half, two weeks time, and be like, okay, Ty's hitting 280. Everything's fine. But right now, it just doesn't feel like it's enough from that first base spot. But there's a lot of places on this roster that it's just not enough. And with base running mistakes like the you know tie i mean you know actives waving it on but like whatever and just poor discipline he got moved out on the lineup for a reason it's not enough from Ty right now and i'm not willing to give up on him quite yet but it is this you know thought in the back of my head that like okay there's a time there's a there's a there's a timer on it now for the mariners i personally and again maybe this has come from me not being able to watch a whole lot of game two versus the twins I wasn't too terribly upset about it. They won game one against a all-star caliber pitcher in Sonny Gray. And honestly, yep. Bailey Ober has been that as well. He's been all-star caliber this year. So, albeit, you know, not quite Sonny Gray, of course. But I think what it comes down to in game two versus the Twins was simply Brian Wood just didn't have it. And the Mariners bullpen, as we know, was short because, of course, Luis Castillo was bad. George Kirby was bad. Bryce mm -hmm. Miller wasn't great as well because, you know, all these teams, they're getting they're getting the pitch counts up early, which yeah. is what good baseball teams do. It's what the Mariners need to be doing, and they did for quite some time, and now they are falling back into their habits of swinging at every single pitch ever. Yeah. So, I, I don't... I, that's why I'm not mad about it. It wasn't... I'm not mad about them losing this game over stupid things, right? Brian Wu didn't have it. Okay, that it is what it is. It happens. It's Go next. the second the second time in his career that he's really had a tough start. Sure. Obviously gave up six runs. There are of course things here and there that we can nitpick, but overall it was clear Brian Wu didn't have it. And personally, I think before today's game we will see some sort of roster move in terms of bullpen. Yeah. Whether that be maybe like, I don't know, just sending Ty Adcock down and bringing up Riley O'Brien uh -oh. or Juan Tan or Baroa. There it is. There's yeah. the Baroa comment. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree that the roster utilization of the bullpen is going to see some changes in the next couple of days, without a doubt. Darren McCacken, I think, went in yesterday's game, which is unfortunate mm -hmm. for the Mariners in terms of, like, a long relief option there. But you've got a lot of young arms down there in the minors that could see some innings in the next couple of days. And... Talking about Wu not having it, him not having it, the bullpen being, you know, handcuffing Scott a little bit with the previous performances, Miller being on an innings limit because he's coming off with the blister. It's just, it was a perfect storm of just, eh, in game two, right? And yes, you would have liked to get one against Bailey Ober when you still have Pablo Lopez to face in this series, but if you can take the next two against the Twins, coming out 3-1 over them, a team that is similar to you in record, similar to you in position in terms of like the playoff push. You've got Castillo today. You've got George Kirby tomorrow. You hope that they bring their A game because 
that's what it's going to take some days. And, you know, Kenta Maeda, he hasn't been overly great for the Twins. He's had his moments in his career, but this year he's got a 5-5 ERA. I know we made Michael Lorenzen look like an ace. We've made other guys that have had bad ERAs look like an ace, and I'm jinxing it right now. But theoretically, you look at the matchup, Castillo versus Maeda, advantage to Mariners. George Kirby versus Pablo Lopez, it's closer. It's definitely closer, but I'm giving the edge to the Mariners there as well. You just hope that the offense gets right. And they didn't look terrible tonight, except for innings two through nine. And game one, we obviously looked really good, but yeah, there's this could just this game can just be a wash, essentially. With Pablo Lopez, he hasn't honestly been that good this year compared to last year. He's yeah. been fine, mm -hmm. but he hasn't been great. And you mentioned, you know, it's a wash, go next. But you and I talked before the podcast a little bit about how the Mariners seemingly are running out of time to go next. And with that being said, listen, in the long run, it is one baseball game. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the grand scheme of things, we've seen the Mariners come up one game short before, but there's still time. Don't get me. I don't like at, I'm not going to act like there's not enough time to go on a nice run here and catch the teams in front of them. There most certainly is. Now I made the comment about winning the West. Is it possible? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> is it going to happen? Probably not. Yeah. But there's still plenty of time to make it into a wild card spot. It most certainly can happen, especially if one of these teams has a few weeks like the Angels did, where they went one and nine. Oh, okay. Mariners are, and they, the Mariners go eight and two. Boom, you're in. And like the teams in front of you, you play them a lot over these next few weeks. You play a lot of the teams in front of you, including, of course, the Twins and the Blue Jays. And you play the Orioles soon as well. And these are teams that you can leapfrog in the standings by just playing well against them and losing one game to the twins. Not great, of course. And it wasn't a beautiful game, but it's going to happen. It's baseball. Yeah. You don't win every game. You're, you're going to win 60. You're going to lose 60. It's just whatever you do with the other 42, you, you know, that's what matters. And so I don't know, I, of course, this big series versus the blue Jays, that's going to be a fun one to watch, but I'm not sure if they have enough time to really make up all that ground. Yeah. You're talking about playing the teams in front of you, essentially. And all you can do is then go out there and compete against the guys across from you on the diamond end. The weekend series against the Blue Jays, it's always a fun one in T-Mobile when the Blue Jays come to town and the Blue Jays fans come out of the woodwork, it seems like. And the Blue Jays, they're coming into town, which they're coming off a hard series against the Padres. They got stomped in game one. If the Padres take it to them in games two and three, that means they're going to be three and seven in their last 10. They're currently sitting five and five in their last 10. If the Blue Jays come into town older than usual, the Mariners could take advantage of that theoretically and then start climbing the ranks like we already talked about. It's playing the guys in front of you and playing them well. And last year, the Mariners were notorious for playing up to their competition, but also simultaneously playing down to their competition. So if this is a case where the Blue Jays come to town and the hype levels get amped up a little bit and you're, you're seeing a little bit more intensity from the guys and then we go out there and take two out of three, maybe even go for a little sweep, whatever... That was a terrible sleeping motion. You're going to see it. And you're going to laugh at me. I wouldn't be surprised necessarily. I, I agree with that. And the again, we talked about it in the live stream, but the month of August for the Mariners is a pretty, I wouldn't say easy because no playing no MLB team is easy. Yeah. But of course you play the athletics like seven or the Royals seven times. You play the athletics for three or four. You play a lot of bad baseball teams in the month of August. You play some good ones too, of course, as you always will. Yeah. But the Mariners have a decent chance to, you know, as long as you can stay afloat, you're going to find a way to have yourself be in that conversation. 
as you get closer and closer to the end of the year. Unfortunately, as Mariners fans, we know they can't just take something and run with it. They can't just, you know, go on a big run and let us comfortably be in a wild card spot or leading the division. No, that's not how the Mariners operate. They're going to make your heart palpitate until the last second. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just how it works. And let's just talk a little bit. I, I, I have to bring it up about the schedule coming up. I have to. I have to. Um, the, you know, have your pedestal. Now is your time to shine. Mm-hmm. So looking at the schedule, the Mariners will fly to Minnesota on July 24th. My birthday. Play three games in Minnesota. Pick the 27th. Joe's birthday. You know what we want for our birthday? Is for you guys to subscribe. Off to fly to Arizona for three games. Then from Arizona, the Mariners will fly home to face the Boston Red Sox for three games. Then they'll fly out again to face the Angels for four games. Then they'll have a day off. Then they'll fly home again to play the Padres for two. Then they'll have a day off. Then they'll play the Orioles for three. And they fly to Kansas City. Who in their right mind who in their right mind? Joe's heard this rant a thousand times. I have. Who made this schedule to where the Mariners fly home from Arizona to play Boston? They have a one series homestand and they leave again and fly to Los Angeles to play four against the Angels. Then they come back home to play the Padres. Who made this? What idiot was in charge of this? Who? Who? We want, we want names and we want, want them answers. now. <laughs> Listen, Jake from the scheduling department of the MLB, you suck. So let's talk a little bit. We had we got a couple questions, Joe. We did from our uh, from our subscribers in our Discord channel as well. Joe, how do you how do you get access to the Discord? If you become a member by clicking join on your screen right now, a two ninety nine a month to get exclusive access to the Discord. First question comes from our man Lucario asking, which Mariners prospects are you keeping an eye on to make a name for themselves, not only in the minors possibly even the majors and this comes on a perfect day because old emerson and ty pete were at t-mobile today with the guys they obviously were signed out of the draft and really great to see them just already getting the work in and ty pete's swing was looking crispy mm-hmm. harry's already working with them so like money i don't know do you want to you want to take the lead to kick us off with a a, a mariners minor leaguer that you're got tabs on? i mean who do you think? I mean, just a guy that might have hit two home runs in the Arizona Complex League today. Lazaro Montes. Oh, my goodness. Young Jordan, if you will. Mm-hmm. That guy, I, I I am so excited to see him progress through the minor leagues. Obviously, again, Arizona Complex League, young, young guy. Lazaro Montes out of the Dominican Summer League coming up here to the States, playing in the Arizona Complex League. I think that, honestly, he'll progress fast through the Mariners minor league system as long as he of course, limits his strikeouts. That's been the problem with him. That's kind of what everyone knew would be the problem with him, but with that much power, and I mean, the dude's a giant. And so I think that Lazaro Montes has a really good chance to kind of skyrocket through the ranks. And Joe and I will do a re-rank of the Mariners prospects probably after the trade deadline because we don't want to rank someone and have them get traded. So after the trade deadline, we'll kind of do a re-rank. One person who I've been quite low on, but is, I guess, working their way into that soft spot in my heart is Gabby Gonzalez. And I think that, you know, he's made a name for himself already down at Everett. Again, it's, it, it, you know, Everett, but still, nonetheless, him and who, who else got moved up? It was him and uh, Cole Young. That's right. The two of them got moved up to uh, Everett. And I think 
Gabby Gonzalez in like his second or third game and ever had a walk off. I think overall they were hitting like 630 yeah, or something no, like that between the two of them. Are, both of them playing really well. I mean, mm-hmm. Gabby Gonzalez dimed to throw to Cole Young for the end of inning on an outfield assist game for the Aqua Sox yesterday. Mm-hmm. You you already mentioned his name. My guy that I am like, I have keened in my focus on is Cole Young. I, I think should the Mariners retain him and keep him and let him develop and we don't really find a you know, guy that supplants second base for a long time. Cole Young is that guy for me. I think he, I don't think he's going to grade out as a shortstop as well as we might want him to. And I think he will slide over to second. And I, I think he's playing second at Everett right now. And Axel Sanchez is still hanging on to the shortstop position for the time being. But I think Cole Young, I mean, he could play either. But for me, second base in three years. That's Cole Young's job to lose to a certain degree. Almost like Jared losing left field this year, but he's owned it kind of a vibe. That's where I'm at with Cole Young at this point. I really like his approach. I just think he plays the game well. And I, I completely agree with that. I think that probably not in 2024, but 2025, I think we could certainly see Cole Young make a case. Wow. It, again, Soon. barring any other, you know, any other players brought in at second base, what have you. Like, let's say at the beginning of 2025, there's still a hole. I don't think he wins that job out of camp. It's, of course, possible. Yeah. But if he didn't win the job out of camp, I would not be surprised to see him called up at some point in 2025. And Montez, you're probably not seeing until 20, like end of 2026 at the earliest, in my opinion. He's very young still. Gabby Gonzalez, probably similar to, eh, I'd say you'd probably see him after Cole Young. Yeah, but before Montez, so. Those are three guys that we're pretty keen on. Of course, there are plenty of guys. Right now, Everett is a fun place to be. You have Harry Ford there as well. So a lot of the Mariners' talent right now is just, you know, a few miles away. Maybe not a few. I don't know how far Everett is from Seattle in terms of (laughs) mileage. It is some time away from Seattle, but within the state of Washington. So that's where I'd be keeping an eye, Lucario, if I were you, and honestly, anyone else who wants to take a look at the Mariners' farm system. But Joe, one more question. Who was it from? From our boy, Big Mike, Mike asks, do you think seeing the best players in the league playing at T-Mobile will make Stan open up his pocketbook? The age-old question of will our crotchety owner finally dish out some money? Talking about the big guys all playing in Seattle, guys from the National League that don't get an opportunity to really play in Seattle and get the vibe of the city. Will this star power being in Seattle affect how ownership approaches free agency? And maybe even free agents approaching with Seattle. I would say <sighs> yes, maybe. Maybe like, I so, don't like <sighs> the way the way I see it is players, especially now that you know all you you play every team now. There's a good. I mean, all the NL teams are eventually going to see Seattle. Yeah, and they probably have before. Like, these guys aren't only on the NL teams, of course, but Seattle is such a player favorite in my opinion of cities everyone always gushes about how much they love coming to the city and even the ballpark that it, it, it the ballpark is usually one of the top few ballparks on people and players lists mm-hmm. in terms of parks they've been to so from a player standpoint the hard part is still that offense isn't great in seattle never yeah. has been that's just this is the way it works and that's what we have to work with that's one of the reasons why you know jerry and all those guys prioritize pitching so early is because obviously pitching is king in Seattle, for the most part. As for Don Stan, we know that this guy will pinch any penny that he can. We see that there are 
Blue Jays items <laughs> in the Mariners team store right now. They already fixed that, by they, the way. Did they? Yeah, I think Softy tweeted about it. That same rack, completely void of all Blue Jays items, and then some very quickly tossed together Mariners merchandise in that spot now instead. I think that was probably like two, three hours after the original post, so they saw it quick and they got rid of it. But yeah, so like that was obviously a ploy. Hey, you know, Blue Jays fans are coming. Let's yeah. get some extra money. If they fixed it, obviously that was more on the outcry from the fans and everyone mm -hmm. complaining than it was on actually having any sort of right Bruh. mind. And it was the same thing when I remember when Shohei Otani first got signed by the Angels and it was his first series in uh, Seattle. They had Otani shirts everywhere inside of the inside of the T-Mobile Park store. So, you know, again, anyway, they can get money. They're going to. So John Stanton, I have no reason to believe that he is going to open the pocketbook. Yeah, I have plenty of reason to believe he won't. But he has said multiple times, and so has Jerry, that when the right time arises, that money is there. Okay. Are they holding that money for Otani? I hope not. Honestly. All the money, at least, right? All the money, yeah. Sure. So, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about the subject? I think that... Ugh. I don't think, like, this isn't going to be the moment where everyone decides, like, oh, Seattle's not that bad. <laughs> it's all right. And, I don't know, I was I saw this clip of, like, Mookie Betts and Cedric Mullins talking on a podcast. The one that Mookie hosts. I don't know if you've ever seen any of it. Mm -hmm. But they're talking about, like, what's your, like, favorite, like, ballpark to go play in that, like, no one really talks about? And Mookie said Kaufman. I'm like, damn it. Say T-Mobile, please. Say T-Mobile. And then Cedric said uh, Minnesota. I was like, damn, neither. Like, I was just hoping, right? get more you know publicity basically out there about seattle and how i mean obviously we think it's good duh and we want everyone to think that too and it just you know or like even guy like the offense is gonna die there be the guy to change it be the guy to change that narrative about the offense in seattle go work your tail off and become the best offensive production that seattle's seen since Griffey, since A-Rod, since Ichiro, since whoever. Go do it. It's a challenge to you. <laughs> Anybody. Me? Yeah, Me you specifically? specifically. I don't know. Right. It's just like, I don't like it's always this narrative like, oh, no one's gonna sign here because the ball doesn't fly. Yeah, Nelson Cruz got it to fly. Yeah. Kyle Seeger hit 40 home runs. Is Kyle Seeger this perennial power guy that everyone's like, oh, watch out for Seeger when he's up the plate? I mean, sure. Maybe a bit. Maybe he got used to how, like, you know, the ballpark because he's the home guy there. But, like, if you don't think these premier guys can't come in and drop 40 bombs because they're playing 81 games in Seattle, that's just, I feel like that's just ignorant mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah. I mean, in the end, like, like you said, hitters are going to hit. Just because, you know, the occasional Sean Figgins or the Colton Wong come along and they can't hit. It's not like the power has anything to do with that. These guys don't have power to begin with. That's has nothing to do with the ballpark itself. That's the player's problem. Same with Adam Frazier and whatnot. That is the player's problem. Robbie Cano came here and was just fine. Yeah. So there, there, there's a fine line, I think, between whether or not the money talks enough for John Stanton to actually go out. And, and, and to be fair, there's not a whole lot on the free agent market this year, this, yeah. at least this year to even warrant that so when the mariners go out and don't spend you know 500 million dollars on a player Shohei Otani, 
I'm not going to be shocked because there's that guy other than Shohei isn't out there this year. In mm-hmm. 2022's offseason, there was, you know, Trey Turner and whatnot, but they, they're bad this year. So who cares? Yeah. I don't know. In, in the end, until John Stanton opens his, opens his purse strings, I have no reason to believe he will ever do it. Yeah. And, and it's just, we're just waiting on that day. And I think that that day very well could be the day that the Seattle Mariners sign Shohei Otani. But could that happen? Well, Joe talked about that a little bit in this video that's on the screen now. Appreciate you guys watching this one. And go Mariners. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.